0: Lessons in Attachment is the podcast where I am talking openly and honestly about some of the key challenges so many of us face in love, dating and relationships, especially when we relate to having an anxious and or avoidant attachment style. Welcome to Lessons in Attachment. This is the podcast for you if you need support, teaching, mentoring on your journey from moving from insecure attachment towards secure attachment. I'm Carly-Anne, I'm particularly passionate about working with those of you that feel like Crazy, or like you lose yourself. I'm so worried when it comes to relationships and love. And I'm really, really passionate about sort of providing the inside scoop on why love can make some of us feel that way, because it can be to a real excessive amount, really intense. And you're often left questioning. How am I reacting like this? And people around me don't seem to get so lost when it comes to love. Over on my Instagram, carly.an underscore, I've been talking so much about the anxious avoidant trap. I really, I mean, I may or may not have some more things coming up around that for those of you that fall into this trap and probably already know what I'm talking about. But I'm really keen to talk about what happens when you are in relationship with someone who is more avoidant or you're always attracted to people that are leaning more towards avoidant attachment or they're emotionally unavailable most of the time right they might be showing up some of the time my hair if you're watching on youtube my hair is just in my face today we are just going to go with that okay so let's think about it today then protest behaviors if you have an anxious attachment. So what happens when you become triggered, especially when you are in the anxious avoidant trap, it's one of the biggest triggers, certainly of the people that come to work with me. And that's why I really want to cover this today. So probably the best thing for us to do is to first just recap what is the anxious avoidant trap. So typically, this is when someone with an anxious attachment style comes into relationship in some way with someone who has an avoidant attachment style. And you come together. However, it tends to trigger each other's uh, unmet needs, it tends to trigger each other's insecure attachment style. So the person who leans more towards avoidant often senses like a neediness or that anxiety, and may feel physical sensations of like, um, feeling like it's too much, feeling a fear around the intimacy. There is still anxiety there, even if you can't see it. And their reaction is often to deactivate from connection. It doesn't mean that you're being needy. doesn't mean that you're being too much. It's their experience as well and their fears of what they're experiencing. And so, like I say, they tend to deactivate and pull back when it feels like there is that connection forming if they've even let themselves get there, right? Now, the anxious attachment tends to get really triggered by this because you're so hyper alert, so concerned about someone pulling back, rejection and leaving, especially if you're feeling attracted to this person or if you're in relationship with this person because that can happen as well. You absolutely see this dynamic within relationships. It might not be as intense And as hot and cold and as disconnected as what you see two people that are dating and doing the hot and cold coming back and forth where it's never really going to form a relationship. So it absolutely can be different intensities, different severities that they trigger each other with the anxious person being so sensitive to this and becoming activated themselves. They tend to respond by needing that closeness, by really fearing this ending And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about what it looks like for someone with an anxious attachment when you're in this kind of dynamic. It's so key if you can see what behaviors you fall into. Now, actually, what might happen for some of you, let's say you're in relationship with someone who is actually really secure. You might still find that you fall into these patterns it doesn't just have to be someone who is avoidant that's going to trigger this for you and so either way it's going to be really useful for you to notice to notice if you are getting triggered and feeling the urges to behave in the ways that we're going to look at today so in case i've gone off on a bit of a tangent there or anything let me just be really clear when you're in relationship with someone who is avoidant these reactions can be more intense and when you're in some in in a relationship with someone who's secure you may well find that they are still there however you might find that the secure person helps you to come back to yourself come back to a state of regulation quicker and maybe even easier However, whoever you're in relationship with, if you are experiencing these symptoms and these feelings, it's going to be uncomfortable. And I can completely understand why you're here wanting to learn more about this, wanting to learn more about how you can feel secure, right? Within yourself, how you can respond better to these triggers. Because typical triggers can look like, someone changing plans, someone suddenly making a change in the plans that you already had, or somebody counselling plans with you. Triggers can really vary. So it can look like it's it's around the relationship, right? Let's say that it's around the relationship. And usually, you're perceiving that there is a threat to this relationship, which may be true or false, okay? But these triggers can look like someone changing plans with you, cancelling plans with you. That's probably really going to trigger you, especially if they've not set a new plan in place. It can be that you don't know when you're seeing this person next. There's a real sense of uncertainty about you coming together at this time. Other triggers might be a shift in mood or the way someone's talking. So it's particularly if you have an idea or an expectation about someone's mood and about what to expect. So if you have this typical expectation that someone should or does text you every morning, and then suddenly they don't, you might find that that is triggering for you. They mention someone else that you do know or don't know. They talk about spending time with other people, having fun with other people, and you find that you're triggered into thinking, so don't they wanna have fun with me? Aren't I a priority? Do they prefer to be with someone else? Whatever the trigger is, it tends to trigger off this thought around self-doubt, this thought around, aren't I enough? Are they leaving? And you'll be perceiving these kind of negative expectations, these negative predictions about what this means. Now the triggers can completely vary and they're also really going to depend on you. So what triggers my anxiety might not be what triggers yours exactly. With that said, there are definitely themes, right? There are themes around the uncertainty, there's themes around Uh, separation or distance between you physically or emotionally. There's themes in a change being made. So if you look out for that, you'll probably see that that is when you notice these automatic reactions and notice these urges to do something. Some of you will already be aware of the behaviours, the actions that follow these triggers, and you may be in a state already where you're like, I can't live like this anymore. It's not fair on me. It's not fair on them. It's making us unhappy. If you're in a relationship with an avoidant, it's not fair on each other, and we're not doing ourselves any favours at all. And actually, if I can work on myself, then that's really going to help, whether that's the relationship or whether it's my future. All right, so I've got the protest behaviors in front of me. And I just want you to think about, do you fall into any of these? This is not about self-blame. This is not about, right, well, I need to change this immediately. This is about a moment of self-responsibility and awareness and really just noticing, yeah, I do see that pattern in me. There's a willingness to shift this. And here I am taking back some control just by noticing that this is one of my automatic behaviors. And you can think about, okay, well what kind of consequences is this happening, having for me? What impact is this having? Why is it that I do want to change this, but don't beat yourself up. I am all about the compassion focused therapy, as you may well know, and it's not going to help you to be self-critical about this. Okay. Healing happens with kindness, with curiosity, and with compassion. So the first protest behavior or urge you might notice when you feel your anxiety is triggered or you're noticing some kind of rejection is the urge to have contact. This is when the excessive contact happens. This is when you start really thinking about what can I say to this person? What excuse can I come up with to reach out to them? Now that would be like early dating. If, for example, you're in a relationship, there may not be any of that, you may well just be bombarding their phone, over texting, trying to call them, there may not be even that level of like pullback if you're in relationship with this person, there's almost like a safety there of feeling like, I can do this, I've got a right, this is my boundary. If you're dating, you may find there's a bit more control, but not always, especially if like you add alcohol or something like that to the mix. So this is the trying to make contact happen, replying to their social media, liking their pictures. It's the texting, the calling. It's those kind of behaviors, but it's excessive contact. Sometimes it might come under just checking You're almost keeping that contact alive by checking, are they online? When was the last time they were online? You probably don't need me to give those kind of specific examples because you're going to know already what you're doing or what happens in those moments. So like I say, it's going to depend on how triggered you are, what the exact trigger is in terms of how much you fall into this pattern. But just take a moment to think about, When I become activated, is there that urge in me to have that kind of excessive contact almost immediately? Just meeting that with curiosity. The next is keeping score. So this is when you start to fall into, well, how long has it been since they've texted me? I'm going to leave it that long as well. How long has it been? Who made up first the last time? I'm not going to apologize first. It might be like, well, why should I? Why do I always have to do those things? And that's absolutely right. Listen, if you're always in that pattern, of course, a healthy conversation can happen around that. But this is very much a reaction in these moments that you'll notice. It's more when you're triggered and when you're activated. It's often a way to actually test how this person feels about me. I'm going to test if they care about me. And it often doesn't end very well. The next is this sudden urge to feel like you want out of this relationship. Now, it might be similar to the last one in terms of your testing, or it might be a really strong urge of, I just want to escape this. But where the issue really comes in is the threatening the person that it's over, threatening that you're going to leave, whether you mean it or not in that moment, If this is something that you do every time you're triggered, that's going to need some inner work. It's not going to be accepted in the long term. You'd hope not. I wouldn't say someone who is secure anyway is going to allow that to be the reaction every single time. Unless the two of you have a conversation where you really agree, look, when I'm really triggered, this is what happens. I don't mean it. Fair enough. But if it isn't like that, if it's not coming from... We've agreed it and it's been discussed, and we know um, that this is how I react. Then, this is a really, really uh, important one to focus on. It's not that you don't believe it in that moment, it's that do you need to say that? Now, on the other side of that, it might be again that you're testing the person. It's a way of getting them to come back. It's that reconnection again. If I say that it's over, maybe I can. Make them realize how much they love me, how much they want me. Maybe they will stop doing what they're doing right now and I can be their pri- priority again. They'll focus on me. Perhaps their attention has been elsewhere. And this is a way, right, to get their attention. I'll threaten that I'm breaking up with them, especially if in general in the relationship you have the power most of the time, or if the relationship dynamic is that they're avoidant, they're not that into you, it can really go the other way. and You're going to end up hugely disappointed when they say, uh, okay, that's fine. Or the secure person says, you know what, I won't be manipulated that way. And this isn't going to work for me. And then when you come back down to earth, you're heartbroken because you didn't, you didn't mean it. It's also like, uh, I think the jealousy can come into that as well. So wanting to talk about um, other people, see their reaction. So just be mindful. If you know that's either the urge or it's what you do, then it's something for you to be mindful of. The next way that you might react is stonewalling. So this is the withdrawing. You see this a lot in sulking. So something is said, something happens, something's upset you and there is not the urge to communicate this in a healthy way of I'm feeling like this or this has happened, this is the stories I'm making up in my mind. Instead there is this intense reaction to withdraw, to soul. Now it may well be that you do really want to be able to have that sort of healthy communication but it feels impossible to speak in those moments I know that feeling and I know that happens. And that's very much a a slow process to start to gradually move yourself uh, towards being able to communicate in a healthy way. And first, just to notice, I really do go into myself. Maybe that's a conversation to have with someone because sulking, it can be really, really challenging for the other person. Now, if they are avoidant, And if they are um, not supportive anyway, then really the two of you just need to think about that dynamic. If this is someone who is a healthy person to be with overall and you're sulking and then you're feeling bad about the sulking, it's really best that a conversation is had there. The withdrawing, the going inwards, it makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense for people who have got into trouble for sharing their emotions, who have got into trouble for sharing their voice or you're afraid of pushing someone away, you're afraid of being too needy, these things are often not coming from this really negative, horrible, mean place. They're coming from learned behaviors. They're coming from self-protection. And sulking is a real way that uh, can be self-protection, but it can cause a really difficult energy between the two of you. And like I say, it may feel like you're stuck in sulking. I used to be a really bad sulker, um, and that's something that you can move out. You can move out of all of these patterns. The next one is to use blame and guilt to keep this person close. This one can be telling them what they've done wrong. It can be really trying to put the blame there to make them see their side in this. But we've got to be able to take responsibility as well. Now, I don't want you to take responsibility for something when you're experiencing poor treatment. I don't want you to be taking responsibility when you're dating someone who is married and telling you they're going to leave their partner for you and you've been with them a year and then they tell you that you're too much. I don't want to talk about this right now. We're not talking about that kind of thing. Okay. I'm talking about when you're blaming them for not giving you attention because they've been out with their friends and their attention is elsewhere i'm talking about when it's about uh making them guilty about going away it's it's intentionally putting your feelings on them again you won't really mean to it's a way to keep them close it's a way to keep you safe but really just see if you can notice am i am i making them feel guilty or bad about who they are or about this situation or about how i feel when there's self responsibility to take care as well. And then the next reaction can be anger, it can be anger towards the person, it can be anger towards yourself, and it tends to come out in these outbursts. And then after that, when you come back down to earth, you can feel really bad about that. So are you someone who in that moment suddenly feels really, really strongly that like, I must tell them this now, like, how dare they? They're disrespecting me. And again, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but if that is happening, we want to have those conversations from a place of self-respect, from a place of self-love. And sometimes we're not going to get that right. (laughs) If you have an anxious attachment, you're in a long-term relationship, you're not always going to get that right. Um, Don't beat yourself up about that. I'm just trying to say like, if we can move most of the time, if we can have most of the time, more secure reactions, and that is how we have a healthy relationship. It's not about being perfect, but do you get angry towards yourself? That's the other thing. When you get triggered and activated, activated, it might be when you start to punish yourself. It might be when the self-criticism really comes in. It might be when the unhelpful patterns and strategies, coping strategies come in. So just being really aware, actually, whenever I'm triggered or when there is that fear rejection, it is anger that seems to take over me. And then I have these outbursts or I act out of character. Just acknowledging that is really, really going to help you when you can start to see that pattern, because it means when you're in the situation, you're going to be more likely to be like, hmm, I know that these behaviors tend to come up when I'm feeling triggered and when I'm feeling insecure So I wonder what that says about this situation. Maybe that's the sign that before I respond and before I react, I could really do with meeting this situation with more curiosity. Let me know which of these behaviours are you falling into. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, please do let me know what topics around this you want me to cover If you're listening on YouTube, you can also leave a comment or watching on YouTube. The others, I'm really not sure if you can leave comments on them wherever you're listening to it. I just know that you can on Spotify and YouTube. Um, But I'd love to know what else you want me to share. You can always come over to my Instagram, carly.an underscore, and say, hey, I just listened to this episode. I'd really love to hear more about X, Y and Z. I think that can be um, a good way for us to connect as well. I guess to close off, what I really want to say is that this is very nuanced and it really is going to depend on the person that you're in relationship with. Not only does your attachment style influence, you know, the person that you choose, influence your reactions, but also what your experiences is going to influence your, what you're experiencing is going to influence your attachment style as well. There is no self-blame here. If you are dating someone that cannot make you feel secure, they're hot and cold, they're emotionally unavailable, they're gaslighting you, all of those things, of course, you're going to fall into these reactions. The healing them and the changing them is going to be really, really difficult to happen when you're in relationship where you're not both in there working on yourself or one of you is not already secure, you know. So I just do want to say that because I do know that This can come across as a bit self-blamey. And if you're in it, you might even start being like, oh my God, like that relationship would have been perfect if I hadn't done this. It is my fault that that ended. It is me that did this. That's not gonna be the case. Okay, that is not going to be the case. There's always two people involved. But this is just for those of you that are in that kind of epic place of personal development. And you're taking that kind of responsibility with compassion to be like, I know I do these. And I just want to better myself. I want to raise my vibrations. I want to have better habits and better automatic strategies, that kind of thing. So if you see yourself falling into these, welcome to the club. I still fall into probably all of them at points but it's nothing at all like it used to be. It's much more a secure level. Please do all the things, the subscribing, the downloading, the clicking, the liking, because that's how Lessons in Attachment gets out to the people that need it. Like I have alluded to, there may be something more coming for those of you that fall into the anxious avoidant trap and you don't want to anymore. So make sure that you are connected with me so that you can see more about that as it comes but otherwise over on my instagram Carly.an underscore i'm sharing so many posts and reels and stories about the anxious avoidant trap so you can learn lots more there as well carly ann i'm really passionate about helping those of you that feel anxious in love to move towards secure